Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at yesterday's uh, 3-2 home defeat against Paul Vale uh, at the Valley. Joining me to have a very miserable discussion, uh, first up, top right, Sue Gallup. How you Sue? I'm all good, Louis. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, obviously I haven't remembered what's just happened in the last 24 hours then. And also joining us uh, on the bottom of the screen is Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Luke? Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, not not great, if we're being honest, <laughs> based on, <laughs> on uh, yesterday's game. Uh, morning to everyone in the chat as well. I can see Sid's in there, Ian, uh, Dom and all hell let loose. Uh, Trump fanboy, uh, Trump FC boy, I should say, Stuart uh, and Paul in there as well. Uh, if you want to have your say uh, on this week's show, make sure you do so. We've got loads of tweets, emails and comments already coming in. Uh, in the chat on the show we will look back at the game we'll hear the goals shortly we're also of course going to hear from the addicts boss um dean holden uh, later on in the show our guest fan is going to be uh david uh, ramsen which i'm looking forward to a chomp fan and author um so hopefully some some light relief at the end of the show where we'll talk about his new book as well as yesterday's performance um so before we hear the highlights i, I, w- I will let you know as well actually the start of the show we, we are going to finish slightly early maybe five minutes or so just because uh, obviously it's the world cup final today uh, and I know a lot of you will want to go and watch that. So we will we will end at 5-2. So we're all ready for kickoff. Sue, um, I'll tell you who wasn't ready for, for kickoff yesterday. It seemed to be us after the first goal we conceded because then we conceded another one immediately. Um, what, what a weird game. Probably summed up pretty much every game we've had so far this season in that we've had spells. We, we scored goal, a goal to, to have the lead. We scored a goal to get back into the game. But we've been let down again by the fact that we, we just make silly individual errors over and over. Yeah, it was, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Like we've, we were talking about sort of, I went with my friend yesterday, Sarah, we was unpicking it after, after the final whistle and we both kind of thought it wasn't necessarily a bad performance. We had plenty of chances, um, probably more corners than I can remember us having for quite a long time. And, but again, it's it those silly errors in in defence um, just just ruin it, and it's just I think like it is individual errors. Like you you can't. I know sort of I watched Dean's interview on Charlton TV, and I was sort of thinking about what he was saying about not picking out individuals, and I know he can't do that in his post match interview. It wouldn't be fair, but. That you, when you're talking about an experienced pro like Michael Hector making the mistake that he made, it's it's you want those those senior pros to be the leaders for the young lads that are literally giving everything they've got. I mean Nathan, oh my God, he literally ran himself into the ground yesterday, didn't he? 
Um, so you you would expect those players to be the leaders and show the young uns like the way you got and, and encourage and and not make like such a silly. I mean that it was just such a stupid, stupid mistake from someone who you would really think would be a, a, a lot more alert to the bounce of the ball and actually not having the legs to run back and defend for that is just, it's, well, it's inexcusable, actually. I know it sounds really harsh and I'm not normally that harsh, but what could have been, I feel like, a, a, a decent win because of the chances we had ended up being a really poor loss. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Bradley's uh, just looking, we've got loads of chats coming in. Bradley saying, everyone on the show is talking about not panicking. You have to when we're losing to poor sides. Same old problems this team uh, is no better than last season. Yeah, yesterday certainly felt like a bit of a turning point in terms of, you know, I, I've spoken about how in the early stage of the season, sometimes you sort of what you're still waiting for teams to gel and you're going to see how they're going to land. But you know, when when certain things become a pattern, and we know that these these errors that we've seen over the um, uh, over the last few seasons are, have been a pattern. That the fact that they're still happening and, and the games are playing out in very similar fashion to how they did last season then it is starting to get concerning. You know, we, we know we need more signings. We know that we've been left short and it's cost us points already at this stage in the campaign. Um, so, yeah, may, maybe it is time to stop panicking a little bit. Um, let's have a listen back to the goals uh, from Charlton TV. Then your commentators, as always, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Uh, run of Carnu, surely he's being held up there. Because Carnu's still in possession, goes past the keeper. And it's a penalty! Ripley came in... To Marshall Carnell out of the way. I thought at first that the officials were going to ignore it. There wasn't a huge amount of contact that I first saw, but Carnell went to ground and Ripley is being booked and it's a penalty. The problem is we, we can't see the no, angle of the assistant no, that, that referee. Of the assistant referee gave that decision. Alfie May steps forward, strikes it straight down the middle, and Charlton have the lead after nine minutes. Alfie May who's missed a couple in pre-season, makes absolutely no mistake with that one, drilled it down the middle, and the Addicts are 1-0 up. Chislett takes, it's a decent ball in, and it's headed in. At the near post, Wilson, the goal scorer, and Port Vale have their equaliser. A set piece, catches Joel now, it's a wonderful run, a wonderful ball in, and a glancing flick was enough to beat Maynard Brewer. Yeah, as soon as Wilson made that run, as soon as he made that run, the danger signs were there. Nobody went with him. Just a simple flick on. Maynard Brewer, no chance at all with that. Forward towards Wilson. Oh, Hector let the ball bounce and it comes the way of Chislett, who's through on goal. Chislett, opportunity, Portville at the second. A mistake by Michael Hector. Let the ball bounce and Chislett was able to run through. Two goals in quick succession have turned this game around. And Charlton have to come from behind now. Well, another mistake, another goal. Ball through looked relatively harmless. Looked like it was an easy thing for Hector to deal with. He just skipped past him. And Chislett pounced. Taylor trying to sit Anderson on his way, but Port Vale. 
come away with the ball in midfield. Good tackle by Taylor. And he's back on it after a touch from Dobson into the fit of Carnu trying to turn. That's great from Black and Taylor to pick it up. Ball across, looking for the header coming in from Carnu! Charlton's leading goal scorer, Bagsanella. He was involved in the build-up. Blackett Taylor, huge amount of energy to keep his run going to the edge of the box and then lifted it back into the danger area where Carno had kept his momentum going, met it on the fall with the header and the addicts are back level. What a brilliant header from Daniel Carno. Great play from Blackett Taylor, winning the ball back, gets his head up, spots that there's two runners from deep in the penalty area and an inviting little chip into the box. There's Carnu leaping brilliantly. Lofted head over Ripley. That's a classy header. Charlton now surely have the belief that he could go on to win this, this game. This time it's going to go into the box. It's a low one. Oh, it's a scuffed clearance and they just about get it away with Ojo in the end. And Asimwe's got some work to do here as Thomas bears down on him. And Asimwe making a meal of it. Thomas is on the but in the ball and on uh, on the box in the box takes a deflection gets it back and then a easy tap in for Ojo crushing absolutely crushing this time a Simway been outstanding all game just made a mess of the clearance with Thomas all over him then we thought he'd done enough between him and Maynard Brewer to stop the threat going forward. But when the ball was knocked back by Thomas, who caught up with it before it went out of play, Ojo, simple tapping. Again, it's an unforced error from Charlton's point of view. There we go. That's the highlights then from Charlton TV of, of yesterday's uh, performance. Uh, Lewis, so how does Dean Holden iron out these mistakes? So, you know, I've... Individual errors are frustrating, as you say, like players with, with Michael Hector's experience shouldn't be making them. And again, unfortunately, as I said on, on Thursday, he did make a lot of them last season as well that, that probably went slightly under the radar. Um, so obviously those players will want to take some individual responsibility. But I do ask Dean in the interview, which we're going to hear, what, what, what can he do? Because he's tried changing formation. He's tried changing personnel. What, what can he do to change it? Because obviously he needs to do something. Yeah, it's like the million pound question, isn't it? I don't think when it comes down to individual errors, it's very difficult to iron those out. And the problem we have at the moment is that the players making the individual errors aren't aren't facing any competition for their places. You know, we're, we're short on players again. So that's already an uphill struggle. We've started the season short, which we're, it feels like deja vu from seasons gone by. So it's difficult when you look at it because he can't really chop and change a huge amount and, and all we're seeing and all he can do really is is chop and change the system. I thought yesterday, for for most parts of the game, we, we controlled it and that's what's more frustrating. That, that first 25 minutes of the game, it looked like it was going to be a good day for us and get a win that we needed. Obviously, we got the penalty and went one up quite early. And we looked sort we looked threatening every time we went forward, but we still lacked that sort of cutting edge to extend our lead, which I think that this when it's us, it's always a problem because we do have that Achilles heel to to give silly mistakes. Um obviously the first goal they score comes comes from a free kick. Why we don't have anybody capable of, of taking a set piece to that standard is, is one of my biggest frustrations because we we can't seem to be that dangerous. Conceding from a set piece is frustrating in itself. Um, 
the organisation of the wall and, and the defence was poor. I know Joe put a picture in our chat yesterday and, and you see how it's lined up. It's just organisational mess. You know, it's, it's so frustrating uh, every single time. And then the worst thing for me is the fact that we we concede a minute later. You know, you take that knock, but you've been on top for the majority of the game. You need to just go, right, reset. But we didn't. We concede 60 seconds later from a from a defensive mistake from somebody who is a, a very experienced centre-half with lots of, you know, he's had a very long career with, with different clubs at different levels. Somebody we probably look to at the moment, given the state of our squad, to be someone that will stand up, be counted, help with the leadership qualities, command at the back. I think that's what we've been missing the last few weeks. So when we stuck Hector in yesterday, I thought, well, maybe he'll be that commanding presence. Um, it's, I mean, what, what do you do if you're Dean? You're, you're sat there scratching your head, aren't you? Because what's that now? Four, four defeats in a row, if you include that Newport game. And in every single one of those games, has been some kind of defensive howler. When you're costing yourself... You know, you're, you're your own Achilles heel when, when you're making the mistakes that, that we are. Um, and it's difficult. I mean, if if I'm Dean, I'm getting them in today and I'm getting them to analyse those goals because it's it can't it's not good enough. Uh, you know, at this stage, it's very early in the season. It's very easy to get defeatist and, and downhearted quite early on because there does seem to be that feel around the place at the moment anyway from the hangover of the of Thomas and, and what it is at the moment with this current ownership, in my opinion, still to prove what they're actually bringing to the table there is a lot of uncertainty and when you pair the uncertainty up with performances and, and defeats like, like we've had over the last couple of weeks, then it's, it can turn negative very quickly. And, and I think yesterday was a real opportunity for us to try and turn that round going into a, a week where we've got a clear seven days before the next game, we can rest some players and get key players back. But, you know, taking that result we got yesterday is, is not going to do, do us any, any favours there at all. Mm. Yeah, morning to, to Crispy said I had to watch on the streamers currently have COVID, uh, which I'm a bit nervous about because I saw Crispy last week on the Elizabeth line coming back from, from Peterborough. Uh, glad I didn't watch that in person. The big concern for me is how bad we look at both ends set piece wise. Um, deliveries were just not, someone, someone put the website up the other day. So I, I can't remember if it was before Bristol Rovers or after that said, we had like the worst XG from set pieces. There's a website that, that sort of adds it up for you. And again, that was very similar to what we had last season. Dean Holden has spoken in the summer about really wanting to um, to, to concentrate on set pieces, but we've conceded from one. You know, we've given up chances from quite a few of them um, already this season, and and we just don't really look a great deal like scoring from them, Sue. No, I know he was talking off air before about the, the set pieces and we, we were trying to figure out who's in charge of them, but just the... I mean, having uh, I'm just looking at the stats, and I said to, earlier, like the amount of corners. I can't remember us having that many corners before, and now we didn't make anything out of any of those. It's just it's so frustrating, like because they're they're your opportunity to um, to really make something um, like Port Vale did, um, but it's just just really frustrating that they don't. They don't seem to really make much out of them. And again, like you're saying, like defending those set pieces, you just you just query. I know like we're working with quite a lot of the younger lads and they're still learning the game and that's fine. But if you're practising those set pieces in training during the week, why are they not coming off in, in match play? They're just not they're just not good enough at the moment. Mm. Um 
and and like you say, if, even if you're not having the possession or um, the run of the game, at least when you get those set, set pieces, you need to make more of them than we are at the moment. It's just, I don't know what the answer is, really. Yeah, I mean, Patrick's saying, does anyone have any confidence that when we get a corner or a free kick, we actually get anything from them? They always seem so over or under hit and never find a Charlton player. Delivery's poor. I mean, Dean um, did speak yesterday. He says he, he thinks that Terry Taylor will be perhaps part of an answer to that problem. I, I think he had a couple of corners uh, yesterday that, that weren't ideal. Uh, certainly went. I remember one that went all the way out, basically, towards the far side, which I think then Alfie may have to try and keep in on, on the other side of the uh, of the pitch. Um <laughs> One of the most frustrating things about yesterday, Lewis, not only the fact that I had I had Fiverr on uh, Alfie May to score and Charlton to win, so I thought I was quids in after nine minutes, but um, the, the fact that we did have that spell and we got a goal and, and these are the sort of passages of play that should be enough to fire you on to victory. Like, you, you get your noses in front against the Port Vale side that were winless on the road since New Year's Day. One one win on the road in the last 15, and that one was at Forest Green Rovers, which doesn't count because it's Forest Green Rovers. Like, they're, they're, the fact that we can't kill these sides off and we do have these spells has, has, again, become a bit of a recurring theme already this season. Yeah, it has, and it's a massive concern because, sort of, as I said earlier, like, we scored that goal early, Yes, it isn't an open play and it's a penalty, but it's good for Alfie to get his first goal. And in that period, we looked dominant. You know, Port Vale looked like a team that hadn't won on the road since New Year's Day. They they couldn't get hold of the football. They couldn't keep it. They We pressed them high. We we kept them under pressure the entire time. And we looked like we would go on and get a second. But at the moment, the, the problem is we just don't, we don't look like putting that second in a lot of the time. Um, at the moment, I think our what feels like our tactic is just getting it to Corey and seeing what he can do, get it into the six-yard box and hope that someone gets on the end of it, which nine times out of ten, they don't. And I'm, I'm worried for Corey at the moment because we're relying on him so heavily. He really is probably the only player in our side. I mean, Alfie, it's probably a bit harsh on Alfie because I think that he he obviously is, is a very good player and he's going to score goals. But at the moment, I'm thinking as soon as someone gets the ball at the back, I'm thinking get it to Corey as quickly as possible. And then Corey takes it down the line. He's beaten his man every single time in every single game this season. Like he's been absolutely outstanding. But then there's nothing in there. When you've got a winger that's that good and that effective and you're still not putting your chances away, that is a massive concern. I mean, the obvious elephant in the room is that we're short up front, right? We know that. But that's where I'm concerned about this, this transfer policy at the moment. We That's an issue we've known since Miles limped off at Welling at, at the start of July, 1st of July. We haven't addressed that area. It's the 20th of August and there is, what, 10 days left of the transfer window. For me, it is a massive waste because we've got all that all that time now has been wasted. The preseason has been wasted. The games now, whoever we get in is going to take time to get up to speed because we're at the back end of the window where you get the players that haven't got anywhere yet. And that's what we're going to get. Some of them may come good, some may not. But it's such a it's such a concern at the moment. It is so disappointing that we we cannot capitalise on on our dominance. And when I say dominance yesterday, we looked like a completely different side. The first half, we looked so controlled, and I felt so comfortable. I put my feet up after nine minutes, and then you know we we cap, we just capitulate as we do every single every single time at the moment. And that the, the big concern the, the mentality at the back, isn't it? That's something we really need to iron out. Yeah, all hell let loose. Saying what's the point of, of Kirk? I mean. You can ask a question about quite a lot of our bench at the moment. Like you're looking at it going, you know, especially now that Carney's starting games, and I thought played well yesterday. 
Um, he was sort of the one the one player you'd look at on the bench. I think, well, maybe he'd be able to change something. But obviously, because he started and, and, and like I say, did well, we're looking at that bench. I mean, DJ coming on yesterday, the forgotten man somewhat. I had such high hopes for DJ when he was first here. I remember a lockdown season. I remember away at Sunderland and playing really well and ripping him apart. And I'm thinking, right, I reckon he'll kick on. And he never has. And gone backwards and I mean that 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 cameo from him yesterday was thoroughly disappointing and you know threw his uh his hat into the ring for some bad crosses as well which were just awful <laughs> we couldn't get off the floor like it was like he, he was like one of our crossbar challenge attempters like he just couldn't get the ball off the floor it was it was a really I mean again it just highlights where we are so like again Dean, Dean will be looking inwardly and, and thinking what can I do differently what can I do about the the, the, the defence and, and whatnot, but he must also be looking at those above him who's, you know, we'll hear the interview, he, he sort of separates himself from Andy Scott and the team that are now involved with transfers. He says, that's them. Well, I, I ask him, well, are you not thinking, what are you doing? Because you've left me really short here. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're never going to know about what conversations go on by, behind the scenes between Dean and, and Andy and, and the, the board but he must be so frustrated because he's the man that's having to come out after every game and not make excuses because I don't feel like he really does that but it's it's it must be so frustrating and tough for him because actually like we've said before with when those injuries come back we've got the core of a very very good team um and you I think at the time we talked about it at the beginning of the season, you probably didn't need to make too many signings to make it sort of a, a promotion challenge inside. But obviously you you kind of never know that you're going to get that many of your, your first team injured. But at the same time, it's you talk about DJ. Obviously I, I went to watch AFC Wimbledon last season and, he was playing for them and he wasn't even good enough for them. So Dean's having to play players that probably wouldn't necessarily choose to play because they're not good enough, but he hasn't got any other option. Um, and you, you can't polish your turd, can you? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, I just really feel for Dean. And I know like I've been reading the comments and the people criticizing Dino, but you, it, what option has he got? Is it's their bodies rather than nobody, aren't they? And you can't, you can only sort of advise players, and and you can't make them play well if they're not good enough. So mm. it's bodies on the pitch as opposed to like, well, you haven't got anyone else effectively. Yeah. I mean, Jordan in the chat saying, I still have faith in Holden. He really gets the fans' frustrations and hope the ownership put their hands in their wallets and we sign players uh, early this week. Um, but, you know, Mickey, Mickey's asking about Holden's tactically. He said uh, he proved last season that he isn't tactically up to it. Uh, yes, there's other reasons uh, as to why we're so poor, uh, unfortunately. But Dean also isn't up to the standard uh, that we need. I mean, Charlton FC boy is, is asking about long ball tactics, which we spoke a little bit about on, on Thursday as well. Um, I certainly noticed, we, we, obviously, we interviewed the manager after the game and, and put out his quotes, and uh, you, uh, we'll, we'll hear that interview in the next three or four minutes, so you, you'll hear it yourself. It's the first time I thought he sounded a, a little bit under pressure. You know, he's talking about coming out and, and sort of fighting fighting and, and whatnot when, when the cards are down, which was obviously the first time I think we've, quite, we've heard him sort of take that tone. 
Um, and, and certainly when obviously we put the stories out on, on social media and, and get the reaction from fans is always quite interesting. And there, there certainly was a few who, who've turned yesterday. I'll, I'll give you that because um, we've seen we, we've seen that now on, on social media. Um, we, we have to talk about Nathan Asimway's mistake, Lewis. You know, it reminded me a little bit of. Um, a, I think, yeah, it was a game during lockdown, but one where we were allowed a few fans in at home to Doncaster. And uh, we had Charlie Barker, who'd had a reasonably good start to the season, but obviously now he's, he's out in non-league. Um, I don't think Nathan's quite his his level. I think he's better than that. But we saw when, when Charlie scored an own goal in that game, he, he like crumbled. Um, so how Nathan reacts to this setback, again, it's a setback he... He, he'll learn from, but maybe he shouldn't have to be in that position to make it. He looked knackered by the time that happened. And also, you know, should, should we be asking him to play this amount of game time at his age at this stage of the season? No, of course we shouldn't, even if he has played quite well and, and looks a real prospect. But how he re- recovers from that, let's just hope it doesn't break him. Um, I was I was really pleased to see when he got subbed off and walked in front of the covered end that the fans really showed their support. Um, because, I, again, I think if Hector got subbed off at the at the same time, I imagine the, uh, the the circumstances would would have led to a slightly different reaction from the fans. Look, I think you're right. I mean, I was going to touch on it as well about about the um, the way that the Valley crowd responded to to Nathan coming off. I thought that was outstanding, and for an 18 year old who you know look, he's he's come in and he's been absolutely outstanding. And yesterday, before that mistake, he was absolutely brilliant. Like in in all all ways, I thought he was fantastic. He, you could see when he was running back, he was absolutely shattered. Like you can see his legs were completely gone. My biggest frustration, and this isn't really Dean's fault either, but there's, there we aren't, this is where it comes from with the squad being short. We're not in a position to take him out. I mean, he's played what? You may correct me on the stats, but I can't think of a game where he's not played from the start the entire game. You, you know, maybe maybe Newport, I can't remember, but he, that's a lot of minutes for a young a young kid. And, He's he's been outstanding. A very good preseason. Um, he fell asleep a little bit on Tuesday night for the Bristol Rovers um, second goal, but bar that, he's he's been incredible. And look, it just highlights where where we are. It's the same with Karoy as well. Like they are, they're both being expected to play. You know, ninety minutes week in week out, Saturday, Tuesday, which you know they they've staked they've staked their claim to put themselves in that first team but as i said on thursday's show they're only 18 or so it it's a there's a big difference between the level they're playing last season and the level playing this season in terms of the age groups and it is going to be difficult they are going to get fatigued and i mean look nathan asimway is nothing to be ashamed for yesterday of course that that mistake was was hard to take and obviously we we lost the game off the back of that but hopefully you know, it gives him a lesson learned for one, but also can help him build his character up and stuff because I don't want him to to sort of take that and, and let it beat him because he's been, that one mistake doesn't sort of match up against how good he's been so far this season. And he's going to be a very, very good player for us. And the fact that he's kept that right back position, um, obviously now it's a bit different because Manny's gone, but from pre-season through to now is is a real credit to his his work work ethic to, and his performances throughout preseason and the start of this season. So he's got to bounce back. We've got a full week training this week. No Tuesday game. Let's hope that we can get some players fit. Hopefully Dean spends some time with Nathan one on one and just says, look, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn from them. You're only 18. Like, you know, that it's what you do to bounce back that's important. Um, so, yeah, look, it's I, I thought that that was the highlight yesterday for me was was the crowd sort of standing up and giving him that ovation off because you think that would do wonders for him walking off. 
you know, he, he would he looked down as he was coming off and people were sort of doing this sort of chin up to him and stuff like that. And I think that's really important for a young player. Yeah, and, and hopefully it will have that effect um, because we uh, we need a reaction from the whole side. As Sid said in the chat, we can't keep losing uh, to teams like Newport, Port Vale and Bristol Rovers. Right, let's hear from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden, uh, caught up with him after yesterday's game. Uh, this is what he had to say. Another afternoon littered with defensive mistakes. Um, what, what went wrong this afternoon? Um, I was really pleased with the start of the game. I thought for 25 minutes we were excellent. Obviously scored the goal through the, through the penalty we've... We've had the big moment with Corey, shot cleared off the line, and I was a little bit disappointed after that in terms of the. We got a little bit careless with the ball, and we we invited the opposition who'd, who'd come here to to defend deep and play for set pieces and long throws, and you know we invited the pressure onto us a little bit. You, you see them long throws. I think they had a header first half that was a dangerous moment for us from from that set piece routine. Um, comfortable at half time. I, I, it's a little bit like the Newport one, really. When you get that first goal, I want to see us go on and take the game away from the opposition and. Um, obviously the second half the start of the second half was really disappointing in terms of we've conceded from a free kick I'm not sure if there was a deflection or if it's flicked off somebody's head and flown into the, the far top corner and, and obviously then the, the, you know, the two goals that we've conceded are, are really poor uh, errors um, having said that you'll never see me talking about individuals publicly about uh, mistakes and, and frailties I think as a team at the moment we're finding uh, different ways to, to lose games from good positions and uh, obviously got back into it through a, a wonderful letter from Daniel Carnu and we've created enough chances again haven't we today to win a game of football we just uh, we need to address these these individual moments um, the positive now is that we've got a free week to come where we can obviously work on some things some players can get a little bit of uh, a little bit of respite in terms of you know players were, were light in terms of numbers at the moment so you know players are having to to every minute in a free game week, it's so early in the season, so uh, we'll have to address where we're at. We, we, we're obviously disappointed with two defeats at home, particularly in in, the, in four days. Nobody wants to see that. Um, having said that, that's the fact, and uh, it doesn't matter if you're the better team. It doesn't matter if you're creating chances if you don't defend your box well enough or defend them moments. You'll obviously concede goals, won't you? So um, we'll keep working. No magic formula. We'll keep working. Yeah, I mean, what, what what can you do? Because you've tried changing shape, you've tried changing personnel in, in the defence. You bring in a, a senior defender today, who makes a, a mistake that we've seen a young defender also make near the end as well. Yeah, exactly that. And I think if you if, again, if you watch the full game back, and for both teams, I think if you, I think if you watch maybe a top Premier League game over the weekend, you'll see loads of mistakes within the game. It's natural. Um, unfortunately, on them two occasions, we, yes, we'd like to have seen their moments off and been a bit more diligent in terms of making sure we clear the ball. Um, unfortunately for them two uh, moments they, they, they lead to a goal completely against the run of play so um, they're just moments in games um, different for different reasons is it, is it a lapse of concentration or, or whatever so you know you can you can focus on that as much as you want at the same time there's, there's, there's a lot of things for us to do all over the pitch um, we should have more points than we've got on the board at the moment but we've not so it's a wonderful opportunity for us I have to say with a free week now to, to get ready for the Oxford game it's a wonderful opportunity to you know, for us to pull together and um, and go there and show, you know, the spirit that we've got in the squad and, and to keep to keep positives. A lot of youngsters in there at the moment. We're obviously very light in terms of numbers. We've got some injuries. We've not been able to bring any more additions into the squad. So, you know, we, we've got what we've got at the moment, and you know, we've got new players who are not really up to speed. We're having to play the minutes at the moment. So, again, Louis, you know, means no excuses in there. We just have to face up to the facts. And uh, I think the free week for us this week is good. And uh, yeah, we'll put a team out. You know the fans. Will, the fans will have no complaints about the the, the, the commitment of the team at the moment. There's, there's just obviously glaring uh, mistakes which we're being punished for. 
at the other end, obviously, he gave Dan his, his start up top today and he, he repaid you with a fantastic goal and a, a first for Alfie as well. So you have to try and take some of those positives into, into next week. Uh, I'm sure Alfie will fly now. Obviously, mentally, that'll be big for him. And uh, as I say, I was really pleased with the start of the game in terms of that first 25 minutes. Thought Daniel and Alfie in particular gave the opposition problems. We we played on the front foot. The most, the majority of the, that period was played in there half of the pitch, weren't it? And and that, as I said there, that's where it's, it's disappointing. We didn't weren't able to capitalise on that and, and really take the game away. And then when you you've only got the one nil slender, you're always at the mercy of of uh, of a mistake or two. So um, that's where we're at at the moment. No pan Kamara today. Um, they said minor foot injury. Yeah, he's. he's um, Obviously, Pan's come in. He's he's not played a great deal in the last eighteen months, and two games in a week, he's just felt something underneath his foot, and it was it was a real risk that if he if he'd done any further damage, it could have been you know a long mid mid to long term injury. So we had to be really mindful of that. So unfortunately, Pan missed out today. Hopefully, we'll we'll get him through this week, and we'll get him back for the Oxford game. We'll see. At the start of the season, I felt there was a lot of. Uh... Confidence from fans and, and this little run that Charlton are in at the moment will be a bit of a shock to the system. And how, how do you um, sort of keep their, their morale up and attack the last few weeks of the transfer window as well? Well, obviously that's you know we've got our targets. Obviously Andy Scott and the recruitment team will be dealing with with, with them types of things. Um, my focus is, is obviously on on the group of players that we've got. Um, I thrive in these situations. It's not difficult at all. I know you, you talk about the mentality, and obviously there's been a drop off probably in confidence from the fans, and the fans won't be happy at the moment. Like they're seeing a team that's lost four games on the spin, albeit at the Newport when we made ten changes. So nobody's going to be happy at the moment. Um, my job is to is to keep everybody together, is to keep pushing the standards, and is to go and get a result at, uh, at Oxford. But I have to say, through throughout my career and uh, certainly throughout my life, personal situation is, you know, moments like this is. Uh, is where I, I would like to think I'm, I'd come alive. So uh, bring it on. Yeah, I mean, you, you spoke about obviously Andy and, and, and his team in charge of transfers, but what, what's your conversations been like with them? Because I guess of Alfie May coming in, Pan Kamara, they feel like good signings at League One, but you've been left a little bit short at the start of this season and it's cost Charlton points. Um, yeah, it's not easy to get deals done, I have to say. There's a, there's, you know, there's a certain profile of player that we're chasing at the moment. There's not many of them out there and... Um, most of the same clubs in, in the Championship in League One are chasing these same players, so it's not easy to get deals done. There's no there's no blame going anywhere. It's we're working hard, we're working as, as hard as we can. Um, of course, we would like to have more players in. Of course, we would, but at the same time, we, you know, it's uh, it's important that we keep going. We've got we've got a period of time left in the transfer window, and it, it, what's most important is what we look like come the end of the transfer window. You know, making sure we've got a squad that can really attack the rest of uh, of this League One season. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom. Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, welcome back to Cholton Live. There, just before the advert break, we heard from the Addicts manager, uh, Dean Holden. Uh, yeah, did I sense something again that is or isn't there um, about him separating himself a little bit from Andy Scott and and, and the the transfer side? Or, or again, am I reading into it too much? But it, he mentioned, you know, we didn't. We have, we've been unable to pick up players. That's what James has uh, noticed as well. Said so not being able to bring more players into the squad. It feels like something is happening behind the scenes. You know, we, we still well, a week and a bit left of the transfer window. So still the line is, well, go and go and prove yourselves, new owners. But the further this goes on, the, the less uh, the, the less confident I imagine a lot of people are feeling about that. Sue. Yes. It's worrying, isn't it? I mean, I I read something on Twitter the other day. It's like, like you said earlier, we, I think you, you said to Dean about it. Like you get players like Kamara in, and you get a little, you bit get a bit excited because you think, all oh, right, we really chat, like we're really going for it, and then nothing for like what three three weeks. So it's it's it is worrying in that we clearly need strengthening. Um, and you you do sort of like we've all I think we've been burnt so many times now, haven't we? By by ownership, and you you kind of think right, have they actually got what they say they've got? Why are we not um up there challenging for players that are available? I think we're probably going to be quite reliant on the loan market again, aren't we? Um, and and. That worked out okay last season. I mean, Jez is the standout, isn't he? But um, again, we're going to be, if we're going into the loan market, we're going to be relying on teams above us and their young players. We're in a team that's already very young. Um, so those those experienced pros that, that probably possibly would settle the team down a little bit, it doesn't seem to be that availability and and I guess what Dean's saying is right is you're going to have other teams going for those same players and then you're getting into a bit of competition in terms of fees and stuff like that which which is fine but like what are we then like are we a team that's actually going to challenge because in order to come out on top of competition then you have to be the you have to be the team that gets the players (laughs) like you have to be the the team that's an attractive prospect to the the club that's either selling or loaning the player the player themselves who want to come, and that comes down to wages and all that sort of stuff, you know. And what are we? What's the point of us if, if we're if we're not going to make sure we are competitive? <laughs> like that. That's what I've been really struggling with over the last the last couple of weeks. Because as you say, Sue, and as we have said on the show, like Alfie May 
and Kamara on paper like massive steps in the right direction. So what's the point in only going if you need to make ten steps in the right direction? What's the point in taking two and then stopping? Like you might as well take none. Like it's it's getting really weird, really weird so far. And um, Jordan saying. I expected more signings when the new owners took over, but it seems like they have short arms and long pockets. Colin saying, Dean said, we're light on players. That needs to be addressed by the board. We can't be waiting for Miles to be fit. He won't up be, uh, be up to match fitness. Uh, and he uh, could break down. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> Mark saying that the team will not be challenging for top six, not a hope uh, in hell. Uh, Colin Hart pointing out, yeah, we'll talk a bit, bit more about this on Thursday on a big match preview, but Oxford are playing really well at the moment. So that's a tough game to, to look ahead to next week as well. Um, just touch on a couple of emails that have come in as well. Steve said uh, there must uh, surely be worrying times for Dean Holden as he sees Charlton underperforming again, defensively shambolic. Uh, we know it's early in the season, but three of our next four games are away to teams who have uh, made really good starts, not looking good. Uh, Dean needs to turn it around pretty damn quick. Lee, uh, talking about the mistakes again, the last three <laughs> games have really jeffed me off. Uh, more than any other times in recent seasons due to unforced errors again and again. Every goal we conceded so far has been for our own doing. I wouldn't mind if the opposition had cut us apart, but not one goal has been like it. It's uh, too late. Uh, it's been too long now. Chris saying uh, optimism already failing. Fortunately, I was working, so I couldn't watch us lose to Port Vale. Unfortunately, my kids did go. Uh, their summary was basically it wasn't very good. Brackets, not the exact words uh, that they use. I don't, know, I don't know how old your kids are, Chris, with their potty mouths. But <laughs> having said that, uh, the first two home games, I can see uh, the style that Dean wants to play. Uh, but we know we haven't got the squad. We knew this weeks ago whether the owners step up now uh, is their first test. But basically, we've wasted a month of the season. If we keep making the same defensive blunders that we have done for at least two years, the question has to be asked about the quality of defenders uh, is it the quality of defenders, tactics, or the coaching? I think our defenders should be able to cope at this level. Indeed, I think we have improved the quality at the back from last year. But why do we have the same old problem? Be interested in your thoughts. Like, yes, obviously there, there, there'll be organisation and coaching stuff from it. But how how can you legislate, Lewis, for Michael Hector, who's played Premier League football, and as I said to Richard Corley yesterday, not for a proper Premier League club, only for Fulham. But um, how how do you legislate for someone of his experience doing what he did? Because what what does Dean do in that in in that situation? Does he go up to him and say, oh, "Don't do that"? That was a bit silly, wasn't it? Like what like what can he do? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, you'd like to think over the last couple of weeks, given how we've defended, that they'll be working heavily on on defensive shape and stuff like that. Whether it's confidence, I, I don't know. Is it rustiness from from Hector's part from not playing as much? I mean, he came in a little bit later than expected with with signing his new deal. Um, and hadn't played really this season so far. So I've sort of thought, is he up? Is he fit? Is he up to speed? I don't know. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, at the moment, no, the, the defence, it's difficult to build a, a consistent and, and stable partnership because that often is what helps solidify your back line, isn't it? Your two centre-half pairings tend to be like, you know, they're the spine and, and they need, you need to have that strong partnership there. I think, since we've started, we've we've played the three at the back with with Terrell in there. We've played the two with Ness and Jones, and we're hauling Jones off after sixty minutes because he's not fit. Then we're sticking Heck in with Jones yesterday. So there's there's no real consistency there. I think that that shows where we are, obviously, in terms of recruitment. I, we touch on it again. I just think that we're in we're in the market we're in because of ultimately you what you pay for is what you get, isn't it? You you can't expect champagne football if you're 
mm. if you're not spending the money. And that ultimately that that's where we are. We're we're bringing in players on on freeze. So people, you know, like Heck, Heck was here last season. He did all right, as you say. He made a couple of mistakes, but you know, we've got him back in. It did the positives outweigh the negatives, probably. So that's not so much of an issue. But we are that is the market we're shopping in. Like we're we're looking at players that are free agents that have sort of struggled to to find clubs and stuff. You know, every player we've signed so far has had some kind of fitness issue, effectively, haven't they? Apart from Alfie, mm. we're expecting Alfie to play ninety minutes every every week. Um, and then the likes of you know Jones has been in and out, Pan's in and out, Terry Taylor's been in and out. So there's no, we're not seeing that that side get built up. But defensively, I mean, look, Dino's got to sit down this week and seriously work on it. I don't know if if any of Hazy or, or Danny Sender are sort of specialised more in the defensive side of things, but who, whoever does has got some serious work to do over the next seven days to make sure that we we don't keep making the same mistakes. Yeah, right. We're going to bring our guest in very shortly. Just a couple more messages. Uh, Phil said, uh, rushed home from uh, holiday, all excited for the first game of the season, or his first game of the season. Complete shambles. New owners, uh, same old rubbish. I've been away for two weeks and we've brought no one in. Quite frankly, Mevin and his merry band of absent owners should be embarrassed for what they have delivered so far. Feel good factor has already gone and it's no one for uh, but their own. Uh, Dan Traffin is saying that on a different day, Corey would have scored or set, set more up. The youngsters are doing well. I think we need a couple of journeymen, one in midfield, one up front. Then we can push on frustrating at the moment. But there are signs it all could click very soon. A couple of people have sent us the, the, the tackle on Corey as well, which obviously uh, we haven't really touched it. It should have been a red card yesterday. But we, we, we could start a whole new podcast on referees in League One. So we'll be here all day. Let's bring in our guests, shall we? Um, really excited about this one. It's a Chong fan and author, uh, David Ramsden, uh, who joins us this morning on Chong Live. David, good morning. How are you? Oh, fine, thanks. Good morning, Sue and uh, Lewis. And- yourself yeah yeah thanks so much for uh joining us on the, on your sunday morning uh before we get into the book then obviously as as, as our guest fan this week we have to uh, pick your brains on how things have gone so far this season so uh obviously try and keep it clean but um, yeah. what have you made of it so far yeah well i was hoping to come on actually when it's a bit more upbeat than we, we have been for the last last few weeks um i think we started out seemed fairly good but uh uh, well, you touched on it all, really, um, over, the, over the, uh, this program. That um, uh, situation at the moment with the the lack of signings, uh, the players that we've got unfit. Um, it's it just seems like it's going round in circles again. Um, I think that I've been looking at the um, on the Facebook um, uh, fans pages, and there's lots of criticism about uh, obviously the ownership, and some of questioning whether Dean Holden's up for it or not. Um, I don't really know. It's uh, as I say, speaking to some friends. I think we we were talking yesterday after the match, and when you look at um, the clubs that got promoted last season, um, I think the uh, I think it was Plymouth that, that they only lost, they lost seven games. The rest of the teams that went up only lost, I think, four and six. So Cholton are like halfway on that number already. So uh, I really don't know where where it's going to go from here. Um, I think just looking at stability at the moment and trying to trying to pull things around. Mm. Yeah, what have you made about the, the the lack of transfer business in the last couple of weeks? Then, I'm not surprised, quite quite honestly. Um, we're not, not sure exactly who's got the money um, within the ownership, what the budgets are. I know they've spoken about having a, a budget which better than last season, but um, uh, it's all a bit of a, a questionable. If you if you were Dean Holden and and you're seeing the squad you've been asked to work with at the moment, how would you, how would you feel about, about the, the task that's been placed upon you? 
Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? Um, I think it's been the same with lots of managers. I know there's some managers that have come in and not been uh, really the fans' choice, but few, a few of the managers that have come in over the last two or three seasons really haven't had a lot to play with. Uh, regards to player-wise, um, uh, it's really trying to make was it a, a, a silk purse out of a pig's ear. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what we seem to be stuck with. Paul Chris has put it another way, trying to play champagne football, but the champagne is from the Weatherspoons in Woolwich <laughs> rather than a, a bar in Mayfire. It's a very nice Weatherspoons down at Woolwich. Oh, great, Harry. I will, take, uh, I, will, I will defend it there. But um, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, um, if we are to take some positives from yesterday, obviously the fact that we, we've seen Dan Carney and, and Alfie May um, scoring goals again, yeah. uh, obviously a first for Alfie. Uh, have, have you seen anything in the in these performances to suggest there is there is something there to, to cling on to? Because that, that well, has I think been some moments. Yeah, in the first 30 minutes or so, um, looked really good. And I think playing two up front, especially at home, is the way to go forward. And I thought the, the setup wasn't too bad yesterday either. Um, the way that the, the, um, it was, um, I think it changed a little bit uh, towards the, the uh, second half with the back. Um, but uh, it looked fairly good in spells. Um but it's consistency, um, and I think as I think Lewis might have mentioned it, that uh, some of the players we've got, if they were really any better, they probably wouldn't be at Cheltenham. But uh, uh, I, I think that's probably as, as best you can get at the moment. Mm, yeah, and I've just noticed there's a Port Vale fan in our comments saying cheers for the three points <laughs> and our first away winning age, and, and we did absolutely gift wrap it to him. Now, um, we, we are obviously not just here to talk about the uh, the, the, uh, the shambles yep. of our defence, unfortunately, yeah. David. Um, uh, you're, you're obviously you're an author. You've got a number of books. That's out right. Yeah. But you've, you've got your yeah. latest one here, Star Addicts. Um, tell us a, a little bit about your latest uh, your, Yeah, your latest um, it all came about. I mean, this is going back quite a few seasons. Um, we go away at the end of every season, me and a few friends, uh, last away game. And uh, I think it's after you've had a couple of beers in, in the pub after the game or before the game, we have a chat about certain things. And we were talking about... Um, what celebrity fans Charlton had. Um, we have a couple of um, other uh, uh, supporters that come along, not actually Charlton, there's so, uh, a couple of uh, uh, Tottenham uh, fans, and they're always talking about the supporters that they've got, uh, celebrities. So we just were having a chat, and it came up um, just talking about what fans we had. Um, I know um, Cheryl Baker used to come down to Charlton when we was in the Premier League, um, which I, I met her on a couple of occasions, and she was sort of fairly... Um, uh, uh, supportive uh, fan at the time um, and was just talking about really what, what fans we've got and there's been quite a few um, on the media, uh, social media sites talking about what Charlton fans are, uh, celebrities we've got and I just thought it'd be nice to actually put a little book together with the, uh, the fans and a little bit of history about them. Yeah, I mean, is there is there anyone that while you were researching some of the characters and and, and famous yeah. personalities that, that surprised you? So so obviously, I mean, you see Jim Davidson on the train to games. Everyone knows yeah, Jim Davidson yeah. as a Charlton fan, but there's there's quite a few uh, there's quite a few in there that I was I was slightly slightly surprised by. Yeah, some is quite tenuous links. Um, but uh, yeah, going back uh, obviously to Billy Cotton, who uh, who um, recorded the uh, Red Red Robin for for the Glitzsteins. Um, but uh, obviously Frankie Howard, I mean, he's not actually a, a sort of Cholton fan, but he uh, he used to live in the area and uh, he came back when Cholton were um, uh, trying to get back to the Valley, did a, a show to support the club, uh, help them raise money. Um, also Mick Jagger, I mean, a lot of people sort of, sort of said, oh, was, was he a Cholton fan because of his... Uh, uh, sort of area he was born up in Dartford and it turned out he actually did go to Cheltenham when he was a lad his dad used to take him to, to the matches with his brother 
um, and he's uh, often mentioned uh, in, when he's uh, been speaking to newspaper journalists that he's uh, uh, he always looks out for Charlton. And he's, uh, uh, he was a friend of uh, Derek Ufton as well. So mm. um, there's a couple there that um, I wasn't sure about, but found out that they were. Yeah, yeah, that was the Mick Jagger was the one I was I was hinting at there as the surprise. Yeah. We were really pleased about that. Me and Sue were discussing before we came on like we knew he was from from the local area. Obviously, the the books all. Lovely, uh, really well illustrated as well, which, uh, yeah. which is, uh, I believe that's your hand as well, isn't it? That is it, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I used to do a lot of work for the club back in the Premier League years when I was doing uh, these sponsorship gifts, um, caricatures of players. Even some of the players have had some caricatures from me. Um, and it's also cheaper doing caricatures and actually um, getting photographs, which you have to pay a licence fee for. Yeah, we might start thinking about that for the SLP, actually, rather than yeah. the photographers in. Right, um, just yeah. uh, let, let all our listeners know where they can get hold of your book. Yeah, well, it's on Amazon. Uh, just look it up as Star Addicts or Under My Name. Um, uh, there's a few books on there, as you, as you mentioned uh, uh, at the start there. I've, I've written a couple of books on Charlton and uh, um, some of them with a publisher, um, Amberley Publishing. But this one's a self-published book, um, uh, which you can get on Amazon. Hmm, excellent. Well, I guess your your next uh, massive long read will be listing out all the owners of the club at the moment, which will probably be a bit thicker than than this one. Yeah, but... yeah, and a few caricatures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. David, brilliant. Uh, thanks for coming on the Charlton. Cheers, Live thanks morning. for having us. Yeah, uh, good to speak to you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you at the ground at some point. Yeah, good stuff. Cheers, Cheers. thanks a lot. Stuff. That's David Ramsden joining us here uh, on Charlton Live. His book Star Addicts, uh, which I've got a copy of here. Uh, yeah, it's out there on Amazon. Make sure you, you check it out. Um, we're going to finish in about three or four minutes, but we, we should still... I mean, the, the chat about FFP is coming up again. So on Thursday, a couple of people asked us in the chat, and, and my understanding of it is, you know, and we've seen this website that the people have sent, and someone someone emailed us the, the same website this week as well, actually. But basically, you can send up... You can spend a certain percentage of your turnover, but it's a decision that you make because you can also put money into the club and count that as turnover as long as you don't expect it back as a loan. So that's my understanding of it, Lewis. So if it's if, if that's the decision we've made as a club, then, you know, some people do that. That's, if they want to run it in that way, that's fine. It does slightly come back to if we're currently where we are in League One and not looking like getting promoted, what's the point of us having a new ownership if they're not if they weren't here to try and I don't know, give us a better chance, maybe, if they wanted to make a slightly different decision. Don't have to blow the blow the bank, but I don't know. What do you think of it? It's tough, isn't it? I mean, like you say, it doesn't. I don't think it really needs blowing the bank to get out of this division. I think it's just about being sensible and, and recruiting the right players and in the right time. We've started already behind because we've done it. We're leaving it so late. Like, we've done what we have so far. But, you know, you want to be doing what Powell did and, and bringing in that bringing in a team for your pre-season, getting them gelling, getting them working together, and you know your best 11 when you go into that first day. Obviously, it's, that was that was a one-off season. It was incredible, but there's no reason why. I mean, the ownership, uh, the takeover dragged on a little bit in the summer, of course, but we've had, what, 25-something days since we last signed a player, uh, Tayo and um, and Terry Taylor. That's a lot That's a lot of time in football <laughs> to, to get things done, especially in the summer when you're you're in a tight window to get players in. So... Look, I'd, I'd question the ownership if they weren't willing to come in and, and make a punt at getting us promoted because they're not going to get any kind of return from anything if we sit and stagnate in League One because everything will drop. So that you've got to put your money where your where your mouth is and address the the um, the urgencies right now and, and try and salvage the season. Otherwise, we're we're going to keep stagnating and it's just going to be going to be flat forever. Nice and positive, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, that's a lovely uh, note to end the show. And that's got me right in the mood for the World Cup final anyway. Uh, we are going to end the show here slightly early. 
Uh, Lewis has got to get down the pub, but I've got to get downstairs. Uh, Sue's got to get to wherever her TV is as well to watch the Lionesses in the World Cup final. So we will let you guys go. But thank you uh, to everyone who's joined us uh, on the live stream uh, this morning. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Thanks for all your comments as well. Uh, as, as I always say, they really do help the show sort of flow through and, and give us plenty to talk about. So I'm really grateful for you guys. Massive thanks to David, uh, who joined us as our guest fan uh, earlier. And a big thank to Sue and Lewis as well. Good to speak to you guys. Cheers, both. Come on, your lionesses. Yeah, fingers crossed that we will uh, end today at least with uh, with the Women's World Cup in our possession uh, and we can forget what Charlton did yesterday for a few hours at least. Right, I'm uh, Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening uh, to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We'll be back on Thursday with the big match preview. Uh, we look forward to seeing you then. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.